0: You're listening to Corp, Conversations on the Business of Brands with Sudeep Chavla and Sharavana Ragavan.
1: So are you feeling like Sherlock Holmes today? <laughs> I can't,
2: unfortunately, given my given my familial background, I come from a very small town. I've hardly read or seen any of Sherlock Holmes, but I trust you are feeling like one when I read the topic that you've put out for our discussion today. Yes. And uh, I think just for the benefit of listeners, today we are breaking away from our regular mold of uh, interviewing each other. We will be discussing a topic uh, on which both of us agree. And uh, Sharon has has been inspired by Sherlock Holmes to give it a nice and Interesting title. Why don't you get into it, Sharon?
1: Marketing and the Mystery of the Vanishing Briefs. (laughs) 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 So, getting on with it, people are neither writing or reading briefs anymore. And for people who trained in old school marketing like you and me, that was all marketing was about. That is very core to what we did, how we wrote a brief. Hmm. So, what's your take on this?
2: So you're right, when you say people, we're talking about the marketing ecosystem as well as the agency ecosystem. And you're right, a lot of the uh, marketing guys don't uh, think about writing the brief anymore. And consequently, the agency ecosystem that works with them doesn't think about reading the brief anymore. Exactly. Yeah, okay. I agree. I agree with the premise. Any hypothesis you have? Why do you think this is happening?
1: Well, some of it goes to my pet peeve, which is digital marketing. For the amount of work that's churned out on digital and the creatives that get churned out, a lot of people don't have the time for briefing or, or so they think. And the creatives allowed a free hand because the cost of the error is also low. And that's the habit that's creeped in. And it's stemming from there. And until something goes really wrong, people are letting it go by.
3: Hmm.
1: And I think that's where the problem is because sometimes when it goes really wrong, it can be a little too late to take corrective action. And even if it is something like a digital activity which requires multiple creatives to go out, sometimes even without approval on a single day, you need a brief for every campaign, for every activity, and that will hold everybody together in one direction. And one common example I keep hearing all the time is that of Steve Jobs. Hmm. Everybody claims to be inspired by him. And he's famous for not writing down creative briefs. And he is famous also for saying, or the cow, I will note when I see it. So keep showing me stuff. Hmm. So I think that also is a bit of folklore that's built into the Steve Jobs brand. And everybody wants to be one like him. And Mm. that is also seeping into this culture of not writing briefs.
2: Fair. No, so I agree with your first one where you say that uh, since there is so much work that is getting churned out, people tend to think that there is no time to write the brief. Therefore, you know, it is just getting by and, you know, a lot of the times the work that also gets done is okay. So therefore, it is just continuing. There's no reason to change it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it is how the saying goes. Right. Yeah. Uh, I would also possibly put put this out, Sharon, is that uh, where I work today, uh, you know, almost every day, Fevicol and Feviquick are churning out digital creatives, right? Right. To ride on any situation or to, you know, talk to people, build salience, uh, etc. But what I'm firm about is that the, Brand teams have given a brief to the social media agency that we work with Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, that is the brief that holds the year round for those creatives and the agency knows that unless the brief is changed, they know what they are uh, walking into, what is the kind of zone that the brand wants to be in, what is the language, what is the purpose of doing this and that is what helps, you know, FeveCall, FeveQuake etc. to churn out good great creatives, which are on brand and yet leave sufficient freedom for the creative team to build upon
1: right so there's an overarching brief for the year yes which kind of sets the tone to say what the brand will, and will not say and what kind what kind of personality to represent what kind of communication to have
2: yeah what is the purpose of each one of these creatives right yeah why are we doing it not just for the general salience that you why are you talking to this TG? What is their importance to you? Right. What do you want the TG to take away from this one, etc, etc. So right. that's one. And I think you quoted the right name, Steve Jobs. <laughs> and I think one of the things that people don't realize is that Steve Jobs was an aberration. Right. He was somebody who was obviously design-wise brilliant. He had significant uh, focus on customer experience and he possibly knew how the customer would want to feel. And therefore, he could design for it. What people forget is that the fact that this guy was so driven that he was extremely articulate and he was spectacularly clear on what he wanted.
1: Exactly.
2: And so, therefore, he was able to brief his design team, his creative team, etc. in very, very clear words, in a very, very excellent manner. All of you would have seen his speech or would have heard his speech to Uh, shareholders on apple events etc etc you know how uh, how great a storyteller he was and therefore that is what helped him brief them very very effectively and hence possibly he didn't need to write the brief (laughs) but the fact that he didn't write doesn't mean that you would stop writing even Gandhiji did not wear a shirt for the latter half of his life that does not mean if you follow Gandhiji you will stop wearing a shirt I think you have to don't take things on face value Understand the purpose of it. What was the message? What is the core message being said? Yeah. I also think, Sharon, I'll add one more bit to it that a lot of the uh, digital marketers or performance marketers that I speak to today Mm -hmm. also think that, you know, more than the brief, they want to contribute to the creative. So, they actually want to get to almost, you know, stating the creative idea to the agency. Which, you know, they think makes it amply clear to agency as to what they want.
1: As in not briefing for the creative, but giving them the creative direction to take.
2: Almost. And, you know, they also derive significant amount of satisfaction from the fact that I created this creative.
1: The artist in them wakes up.
2: Yeah, artist, the creative person in them, the artistic desire to express wakes up. Mm-hmm. And I think it gives them that pleasure. And I And I, you know, I can understand where that high where that pleasure is coming from mm. you know when you you know you have given the germ of an idea and that gets built into a creative and the whole world applauds it of course you feel great right. yeah uh, so that that is another side of it and you know i've been there uh, when i was a brand manager and one of my realizations over many years of working with some excellent agency as well as agency partners as well as directors Yeah, people coming from Nirvana, Corcois, etc. was that these guys are so, uh, you know, so well, uh, you know, uh, thoroughbred in their craft that they have understood nuances of creative so very well, audio as well as video nuances, such that they can really, really elevate your script to multiple levels if they understand where you're coming from and you're giving them sufficient creative freedom. Mm. Yeah, so you have to give them sufficient room to experiment yet they should know the boundaries.
1: Right.
2: And therefore, I always felt that you know, if final creative is, is something, final creative has to be great enough and that is something that every brand person wants, mm. you have to leverage the kind of resources that you have at your disposal. And therefore, you let experts do the job and hence possibly resist the urge to control the creative or in fact, you know, as you were saying, give the creative direction to the creative team. What do you think?
1: Your brief is supposed to inspire the the creative person Hmm. and yet allow them the freedom to bring in their expertise. Hmm. And I I think we get a little mixed up also in talking about marketing being a Creative endeavor. Marketers' forte is not about being the artist in this in the venture. Mm. They are the strategic resource, and a lot of the external world gets fascinated by the creative,
3: mm.
1: and it's, it is the shiny object in the room, right? So, a lot of marketers also have this temptation to over influence the creative, like you said. The joy of having given that idea is is greatly satisfying, even if I mean most most time they're not even credited for it. And even then, there's this joy of having contributed to the idea. I get that. Mm. But I think a marketing person's job is not necessarily to be the artist. And the earlier and the faster marketers understand this, the clearer their role becomes and the need for the brief becomes all the more starker.
2: In fact, I will, I will give you one more bit of it, Sharon, now that… You know, I've got the experience of working with some of the best creatives in the industry, including uh, the really honored, uh, you know, honorable Mr. Piyush Pandey as well. Right. Um, And I've had the privilege of briefing him directly at his place or, you know, at our office, etc. Talking to him directly. What I can tell you for sure is most of the creative guys, the really creative guys are not sitting and reading the brief. Yeah. Anyways. So, therefore, they want somebody to tell them about the brief. They want to be inspired. They want somebody to tell it. So, therefore, a lot of the marketers might actually know this and they might say that if those guys are not anyways going to read the brief, why do we even write them? Yeah. And let me lay it out even more clearly for all of you. You know, a lot of the cases when you write the brief, what it does is, number one, it clarifies each part of the brief in your head. Number two, it makes sure that you are not missing out on any critical information that might, uh, you know, uh, that might inform the final creative. Number three, when you write the brief, anybody who reads the brief understood understands what you really want from it, and therefore it enables them to possibly read through and narrate the story in a nice manner to the creative team. Even if you are the one who is going to finally narrate the brief to somebody like Mr. Piyush Pandey or You know, someone like him, if you have already written the brief, you are very, very clear in your head of all the whys, you know, of all these years of working with excellent creatives uh, like Abhijit Abhasti, Manoj Shetty, Mr. Piyush Pandey, all of them always had this business acumen alive in their head. Whenever you give them some kind of a brief, you tell them this is what I want to do. They will ask, always ask why. Why are you saying this? And you know they they're almost trying to understand each element of the brief when they're asking that question. Right. So if you've already written the brief, you're very clear in the chronology as to how you explain things to them. You've already thought through the whys. And therefore your own pitch to them becomes very clear. So there is no harm in giving verbal brief as long as you've done the hard work of You know, writing one and making sure that you've crossed, you know, crossed your T's and dot your I's.
1: Right. So I think that kind of reminds me of another point of why you should write a brief. Then, especially when you mention these big names that you've worked with, right? It's very easy to be carried away by the creative output that you get from these big names. And writing a brief helps you hold perspective no matter who you're working with. And judge the creative output accordingly also. Yeah. So, okay. We've been talking about briefs, briefs, briefs. (laughs) So, what is a brief?
2: Yeah. So, that was not so brief description of brief. Okay. (laughs) Uh, I would say brief is a document which transfers your thoughts and your knowledge to the uh, recipient, which hopefully is the creative side in a manner which is specific, comprehensive, insightful slash incisive whichever way you want it and hopefully inspirational manner so that the team on the other side can turn it into a into an effective creative output and the reason i say output is that because you know at the end of the brief you might desire simply a static creative for facebook or you know a website or a logo or a TVC, or a digital video, or an interstitial, etc., etc. Anything, yeah. But all of them require good amount of thinking and a solid knowledge transfer. And what enables all of that to happen is a brief.
1: I like to call the brief the change document hmm. because it talks about the change you're looking to make in the brand's trajectory. And or not, not all the time, but yeah, most of the time, you write on a brief the activity is to create some kind of change. Hmm. Big or small, so the core of it comes down to what do you want your consumers to think, feel, and do? As in, what are, the, what do they think, feel, and do right now, and what do you want them to think, feel, and do after the creative output? It's about the what, the why, the how, and for whom hmm. the job is to be done, and capturing this is pretty much the brief.
2: Excellent. No, I like this this definition it's a change document the change that you're wanting to create in either thinking or the feel or the activity or the do side of the consumer excellent i like it
0: you're listening to gob conversations on the business of brands your hosts are sudeep Chavla, marketing practitioner Business leader and educator to advertising and marketing professionals, and Sharavana Raghavan of Vitril Innovations, consultants to consumer facing brands and businesses. For more information, go to copcast.net. If you find this podcast helpful, please help us by telling your friends and rating us.
2: Uh, Sharon, now that we have defined, at least tried to convince our listeners as to why should they be writing a brief, we've also defined the brief nicely as a change document. What do you think? How should we go about writing a brief?
1: Absolutely. So, the thing about writing a brief is to be very, very clear about what you want Hmm. and what you want comes from your marketing objective that you've set for the brand.
3: Hmm.
1: It could be anything. I want to sell more in one market. I want them. I want to change the positioning of my brand. I want to change the imagery of my brand. I want to refresh what's going on. So it could be anything. So having a very clear marketing objective becomes important. And true to its name, it must be brief. Hmm. I have seen some people write six, seven page briefs Oh, love. which is which? obviously is not the way to write a brief. Yeah, yeah. And at best, it should be a one page. Hmm. That's it. It should be as pithy with the information as possible. And all that you said, it should, it should be specific. It should be comprehensive. It should be insightful. All of it, but all of it within that one page. Hmm. And you can include data, but it is more important to tell a story. And this is why, I mean, I go back to the point you made that the, even the big stalwarts would rather listen to the brief than read it because they are looking to hook into the story you're telling so your brief is supposed to tell a story sell it to your execution team and that's mm. the only way to do it another point that i think uh, we're also guilty of missing is that a brief is not just for the creative team it can be for any agency any support supporting agency that you're working with and marketing you work with so many right with our research with the media, with the creative, with the sometimes even the sales and promotions team for the local activations team. So, mm. so it is. it goes across everybody. And just that it needs to follow a certain structure. But I think I'm going to hand it over to you because you've done far more entertaining stuff on the advertising front than I have. <laughs> so why don't you take us through at least one of the briefs that you worked on before.
2: Sure. So, I'll do it in two parts, Sharon. Mm. I'll first talk about what, what I think are the key headers or key mm. parts of the brief sure. that I think every marketer should try and attempt and write. And then I'll possibly, you know, I'll explain each one of them with possibly an example. And then I'll take possibly uh, take everybody through a, you know, brief that I wrote earlier, maybe not in the same words. mm mm-hmm. Uh, for one of the first campaigns that uh, I had worked upon, which was the uh, Cadbury Dairy Mill Silk launch.
1: Mm, that's a good one, yeah.
2: Yeah, So right. um, I was not leading the launch, but I was lucky to be part of the launch and at a very early stage, so I could actually learn from the best there. Right. Some of the key aspects, and I think we should possibly drop this list in the show notes as well, Sharan. Would be to first, you know, the first one possibly will be context. What is the overall context? Why all of this discussion is happening? What is happening around the brand, around the category? Yeah. And so write the context well so that it that explains the situation. What is the situation today when the brief is being written? So that anybody who receives the brief understands where you're coming from. Right. Then, second part of it is business objective. Now, every brief is written to deliver a creative. Every creative is delivered to run a campaign. Every campaign is run to create results. And those results deliver business. So, therefore, there has to be a business objective to it. It might or might not have any marketing language in it. For example, your business objective just could be about, I want to trigger 20% growth for my brand. Or I want to double my brand the next year. It could be as simple as that. But there has to be a business objective. Anybody who reads the brief should know what you're aiming for. Then, next to business objective is marketing objective. Now, marketing objective explains what will you do on the marketing side so that your business objective gets met. So, if therefore, if you want to double your brand the next uh, next year, what is your marketing objective? Your marketing objective could be about you know having current consumers consume double the amount. Have your current consumers use your brand double the number of times or increase your number of consumers by double. Yeah, it could be any of these. But all of these are marketing tasks and it is is important, it is critical that you define it up front and therefore it tells people, informs people what is it that they're wanting to do. Who are they talking to? What are they already doing? And therefore, what is it that you want to trigger there? The next part after business objective and marketing objective is communication objective, which defines whatever creative is going to come out of this particular brief. What is it that this creative intends to do such that your marketing objective gets achieved? Which, for example, if you have chosen to say that I want to double the frequency or double the num double the instances of my brand getting used by its current consumers, so therefore your a communication objective could be about establish one more occasion of consumption so that that becomes very so if you're a toothpaste company and you want to double your consumption you would say i want to establish the night brushing occasion mm. so that's your communication objective right. yeah so context business objective marketing objective communication objective then you get to specific tgn markets who are you talking to where do they reside there will be times when you are doing an All India campaign targeted towards adults, targeting towards kids or to teens, etc, etc. You could like we had done one, one of the episodes earlier, uh, Sharon, where we spoke about the fact that you shouldn't be classifying your TG by uh, demographics, you should ideally do it by attitude. So, write the attitudinal segmentation there. Right. I'm talking to teens who are very, very uh, concerned about their self-image And therefore, they choose a certain kind of beauty product. I'm talking to parents of kids who refuse to brush. And therefore, I need to create an occasion of brushing. Whatever you think is their attitudinal behavior, write it down. Whatever details your TG well. Yeah. Yeah. And then your next one is insights about the TG. Anything you think will help. And this insights could be about their behavior, their attitude their relationship with the category or the product and anything around their media habits right. you might have a point of view that the TG that i'm talking to is only on digital they don't watch tv anymore that's perfectly fine write it there
1: what it's does that fa- have to be backed by facts
2: uh ideally for you to write there ideally you should have the facts if even if you're not writing it in the brief it's perfectly fine Even if you don't have the exact numbers, but if you've met sufficient number of consumers and you're clear about it, write it down. It's the marketers who build and sell the conviction. Everybody else revolves around it. So as long as you're convinced, go ahead and do it. So any kind of insights, for example, when we talk about, uh, we were earlier talking about the fact that there's, suppose we're trying to launch a kid's toothpaste. And the idea is that kids are definitely brushing their teeth in the morning. We want to establish the night occasion. So therefore, we are talking to parents of kids who refuse to brush. Now, an insight about the TG will be whether it is toothpaste or bubble gum. Kids are crazy about flavor. Yeah, while we as adults, even if we don't like mint, we will use a minty toothpaste. We know this is how toothpaste is supposed to taste like. Kids, kids don't know that. Right. They don't even need to know that. So, therefore, they are penchant with flavor, color, yeah, and any kind of excitement that you can create shape, size, etc. is something that can be leveraged. So, therefore, write it down. Then, once you have detailed your objective, your TG and the key insights, then you get to what you are wanting to say. What is the key message? So, your key message, for example, for this toothpaste will be that uh, give your kids an option where we would, uh, they where they would love to brush at night. So that's your key message. For example, Just right. write it down in one or two lines, such that it is very clear what is it that your communication, your static, your interstitials, your digital video is trying to say. And then you come to the most important section that Sharon you alluded to when you say it's a change document. This is the think, feel, do. What does your target segment think today, and therefore what does he or she feel? Therefore, what does, she, he, what does he or she do today as a result of their thinking and feeling? After they have, second part will be after they have seen the communication, what do you want them to think, feel and do? And this is essentially the change that you are wanting to create mentally, attitudinally and behaviorally in a consumer such that they become positively disposed or positively behaved towards your brand. right? And this is the most essential section there. If you're able to articulate this well, then you've done almost 70% of the job. By this time, you've done 70-80% of it. The balance part of it is all about media recommendation. If there is any media recommendation that you have for the creative, any mandatories that you want to put, which is, you know, logo you want them to use any color for example if you look at any of the icica ads you will see them using orange a lot even mr amitabh bachchan when he used to star in the red used to wear an orange tie any logo any color any call to action that you want to put then last couple of things are about what is the expected output format what do you want you want a static you want a gif you want an interstitial you want a video whatever you want even if you want multiple things write it down. And what is the deadline that you have?
1: I think that's the most important part.
2: Yeah. So because you, if you want it yesterday, please don't write it yesterday. (laughs) Give them a realistic deadline. Yeah. Uh, But write a deadline so that the person knows with what depth you want them to work on it. Right. Yeah. So these are the essential things. I will repeat them once more quickly. Context, business objective, uh, marketing objective, communication objective. TG and markets. Insights about the TG. Key parts of the messaging. A movement expected in think, feel, do. Media recommendations. Any mandatories. Expected output format and deadline. Right. This might sound like a lot of fields. Yeah. But I can assure you. For one page,
1: this. you've given what 10, 12 detail points. And how are they going to present all of that in one page now?
2: So, this will, this will finish off in one, one and a half page. I can promise you that. I've written sufficient briefs now. This is not more than one and a half page. I can tell you that. Just to elucidate this further, let's go to the Dairy Milk Silk example. Sure. So, your context first. The context is that Dairy Milk is a fairly well-established brand in India. There are a number of foreign brands who are looking to enter India.
1: This, this is happening when? Which time period are we here?
2: so this is in 2009 and the work on dairy milk had uh, silk had started earlier but the communication happened in 2009 when we are when we launched it in the market so 2009 number of foreign brands are looking to come into india in the past what has also happened is that in many geographies for example most most importantly in uk galaxy came in and they launched their chocolate there and they placed their chocolate as silk there they said galaxy as smooth as silk yeah and their punchline was why eat cotton when you can have silk and (laughs) therefore they kind of designated cadbury dairy milk as cotton there and positioned themselves as a better one so that's one context the second context is that now you have a lot of global indians people who are moving across geographies And a number of them quip that the dairy milk that they eat outside is different from the dairy milk that they eat in India. Which is true by the way. Because in India to survive the kind of temperatures that dairy milk has to go through. You obviously need a little more heat resistant chocolate. Yeah. So while the taste delivered is exactly the same. It is obviously not as smooth, not as buttery. Because otherwise it won't survive. Now with that context in mind. This work started happening at an R&D level first, as to can we create a product, etc., etc. So all of that happened. Now, at the communication side, we were clear that the business objective is to grow dairy milk very clearly, yeah, because that's the parent brand. Said we want to grow dairy milk by launching a premium sub-brand, and the name for the sub-brand that was decided was Silk. It's a nice name, that, and we you know showed it in the packaging also on the on the on the front pack what people also might realize it that at that point in time all chocolates used to be flat dairy milk was flat yeah five star was a bit chunky but it was again flattish in nature so all chocolates were flat even your lint etc was flat silk was the first one which came with a slightly curvy molds and it was uh, it had come with some kind of scientific evidence and then we, when we did the research, it was proven to us that it snugly fits in your mouth and it mimics the shape of the mouth. Oh, wow. And therefore, it gives a better taste experience. If you were to retail the same chocolate in flat molds, the one with the curvy mold gives a better rate experience. So, not only did the brand invest into the into the ingredients of the chocolate, but the shape of the chocolate as well and then the packaging was also designed in a very nice manner for some point in time the so silk silk was wrapped inside a foil which was purple earlier then it was changed to golden in line with the uh, parent brand and then it used to have a paper wrap around it that paper wrap had a very nice letter written to the consumer and then there was this nice glossy wrapper on top of it so each element was thought through and designed very very well I remember going to the suppliers' places and doing all sorts of proofing, etc., there. But each one of these, they had given a lot of thought. Yeah. So, therefore, we were clear that this is a premium sub brand. Now, this is the business objective. What is the marketing objective? Marketing objectives very simply is drive trials. We were clear that if people eat it, they will fall in love with it. But we have to get them to eat it. So, you have to drive trials. Communication objective, how do you drive trials? You drive trials by creating sufficient drool value for silk. Once people are drooling for it, you're done. Right. Now in all of this, if you remember before silk and even after silk as well, most of the communication around chocolate was around the emotion of the chocolate, what it triggers. Nobody had focused so much on the content of the chocolate. Five star spoke about it, that you know it is so nice that, it, that you lose yourself in it. But Selk was the first one which actually romanticizes, romanticized the chocolate.
1: The indulgence of it.
2: Yeah, the indulgence of it. The whole eat experience. But all of it came because we were clear that the communication objective was to create a drool value for Selk. Right. That right. decided TG was teens. They are the most experimentative. They are the ones who first ab- adopt any brand. And they are the ones who spread your message very, very fast. You said right. that 15 to 24-year-olds price was a bit expensive so there was no dairy milk no silk below 50 rupees right dairy milk starts from 5 rupees and at that time we had launched shots a little little while back
1: that was also 5 rupees
2: 2 rupees we had two rupees two, oh. two do do.
1: right 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 right
2: yeah. so two rupees do do. so but the the core cdm dairy milk used to start at five So therefore, we were clear. And therefore, we were saying SECA, guys. At that time, it used to be SEC. Now it is NCCS. But 15 to 24, SECA. Right. Now, we have spoken about context, business objective, marketing objective, communication, TG, insights. Insight was very clearly each TG that we went to, they had the desire to have world-class chocolates. All of them used to drool at the sight of a lint, raspungly Uh, kept anywhere most of them couldn't afford it and they could have it only when somebody who comes in from outside used to gift it to them right yeah Uh, second insight was that when you are selling something premium to them they desire premiumness in every aspect of the product
1: entire experience of entire
2: experience so even us uh, if you look at the lint pack the pack itself the cardboard pack itself is designed in a very premium manner look at the graphics look at the way it is done there is embossing on the pack. yeah it has a texture to it they've done metal stamping etc etc so it's quite nicely done right so that's the second bit so when you're giving a premium the customer knows what premium looks like so might as well deliver it to them right yeah key message what was our key message the key message was silk is the best ever chocolate experience and notice the word experience we are not talking about best ever chocolate we said that it's not just about chocolate it's about chocolate experience how you how they consume the chocolate should also be shown yeah and then we come to the key part which is think feel do so what does the consumer think feel do today so consumer thinks that cadbury has indianized the dairy milk recipe to suit indian climate therefore they feel that Dairy Milk is not as good as some of the foreign brands. Therefore, what they do is sometimes they think of buying or they also buy foreign brands to have premium chocolate experience. Now, this is where we are today. Where What do we want them to do? So, we want them to think that Cadbury has launched a very tasty, gooey new chocolate. What we want them to feel that this new chocolate, which is Dairy Milk Silk, is better than the best chocolate experience available anywhere and therefore what do they want what do we want them to do is to try out dairy milk silk very simple so what this did was that this informed the creative where we were coming from where is the tg today where do we want the tg to move yeah once this was done then the rest of it is easy so there was media recommendation at that time digital was very very small so therefore our media recommendation was tv and outdoor yeah outdoor is something that you used to use to announce new things so outdoor was big but tv was the premium format right what are our mandatories and mandatories has an interesting one to it sharon Hmm. mandatory obviously was you know this has a dairy milk name so the word dairy milk has to be prominent enough you know by this time we said that we want people to experience the gooey chocolate experience yeah how you know when you eat it it kind of melts when we did the research, also everybody said that the best way of having a chocolate is by microwaving it for about ten to fifteen seconds. <laughs> Let it become a little bit gooey, and then you have it. It you know it it gives you the best ever chocolate experience. So we wanted people to have this, have have you have a taste of this one, right. while preserving the innocence that comes or purity that comes with the brand, which is Dairy Milk, and that's the that's a good balance. That we needed to maintain, mm-hmm. and if the viewers remember the first couple of ads that we had released uh, from the Dairy Milk Silk Stable, one was the Bharat Natyam ad. Yeah, it had the, that actress who played as Alia Bose in Chakde. and the second ad was Kids on the Staircase. Mm. Yeah, and their father passes by, etc., etc. Right. So, so these were the two ads that we put out. Now after the silk experience a number of people have asked me that why did you show those kids on the staircase if your tg was teens why did you not show the teens why were why did you show the kids right. and this is where this innocence part comes in we could have shown teens in that one but keen teens with you know chocolate all over their face all over their hands and then them pointing to each other licking through it and their father looking at them could have gone in a slightly different direction, could have gone into suggestive connotations. Right. So, number one, the kids, you know, take the situation down to a slightly more innocent level and the way kids react is very, very different. So, therefore, it brought about a kind of innocence that we were really looking for because we had thought about the fact that one of the mandatories is dairy milk innocence. Hmm. That is something that we can't compromise upon. And obviously, the second side is the gooey chocolate experience even today a lot of the dairy milk cell communication is about you know how far will you go for love etc etc but all of that is done with a r- real innocence at its heart you will never see it going into the risque side of it right. because it carries the word dairy milk on it and then the last bit was expected output and deadline deadline i don't remember what did i put there <laughs> but expected output was we said we wanted a 30 35 seconder film To be able to do this job for us. What came about Sharon. You know and now people when look at Silk. You might remember there is a jingle to it. Yes. Kiss me. Close your eyes. Miss me. Yes. Yeah. Now if you read through the brief. I haven't haven't written jingle anywhere. Mm. Just talks about the film. And the films got done. Very nicely at that. And we could have had any music. You know against it. None of these films had any dialogue. Everything was just being done in. You know uh, by looking at each other.
1: Was that by design?
2: Yeah, because we wanted people to focus only on the EAT. Everybody right. there, most of the protagonists there were really, really busy in enjoying their self that they had no time to talk. And the talk would have really disturbed the EAT experience. Got it. Yeah. So, and then our creative Manoj Chetty on this came up with this jingle. Mm. And the idea at that point in time was that this jingle is something which sounds nice and it will hold both the films together. We didn't know at that point in time that this will become an immortal jingle for Silk.
1: And this will become like the greatest brand asset. Yeah, the, it is. So, so now 13
2: years later, the same jingle is getting used. <laughs> yeah, all the with slightly different renditions, etc. Yeah. But what I want to draw attention to is where we started from, where we said that great creatives have the ability to lift the films multiple notches. Now this jingle. None of the marketeers could have made by their own and neither they could have briefed. Yeah, But when you go to good minds, when you're able to inspire them, when you give them a tight brief, you will find that they will come back with inspired output. Right. And this is the kind of inspired output that can come to you. Now, all of our listeners might not be looking at making a magnum opus like Silk. Right. But the fact is that all of you want your statics, GIFs, digital videos, etc. to have the same kind of emotional appeal that a cell ad has.
1: Exactly. In fact, a lot of the briefs written or a lot of the marketing activity today are made with the objective of going viral. Yeah. And I think that's, this is the example of going viral in 2009.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: correct. connecting emotionally with the target audience.
2: Correct, correct. And therefore you have to let experts do their job, but brief them well. Right. And you, you will, and they will pay, pay you back. Yeah, so that's the bit around this. So this is the not-so-brief story of the silk brief.
1: <laughs> I think that's very, very clear, so I think setting the context and then using uh, an iconic brand as silk to kind of detail the brief gives a lot of clarity. And I just think we started off as Sherlock Holmes, by trying to find the mystery, mm-hmm. solve the mystery of the vanishing brief. But I think what we've succeeded in doing is putting up a wanted poster and saying why it's required. (laughs) And I think that's, I think that's the takeaway from today's session.
2: Nice. Nice. Thank you very much, Sharan. I also enjoyed it very well. I just hope that all of our listeners will find a reason to stop for a moment, maybe more than a moment, write the brief and then, you know, proceed in their tracks. I'm sure they will find it very, very useful.
0: Thank you for listening to Cobb, conversations on the business of brands with Sudeep Chawla and Sharavana Raghavan. Subscribe and learn more at cobcast.net. That's C-O-B-B-C-A-S-T dot net.